Paper Cut Podcast strives to be evocative and inclusive. Every Monday, we cut below the surface with folks that make the Winnipeg arts and culture scene thrive. Welcome to Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with a village idiot. What is your name? Which one are you? Um, I'm Kevin Ripe. <laughs> uh, not Riley Saunders. I know that's what everyone's used to hearing, but uh, you couldn't make it today. So how do you feel, actually, about that? Riley being the voice of the village idiots. Uh, you know what I preferred, actually? He's pretty engaging, and he's very animated and, and energetic, enthusiastic about it. And I uh, kind of appreciate being a little bit more behind the scenes sometimes, uh, most of the time. Uh, there's a what lot about of the times when you're not, though? Uh, I don't mind it, actually. I have no problem getting up on stage, doing MC work. I have no problem being in front of the camera. It's fun. It's just not my focus. There's other things that I think that are important to the overall product that need to occur, and that means not being in front of the camera for a lot of it, and I take a great deal of pride in some of that creative direction stuff. So could you uh, elaborate on some of the stuff you do behind the scenes that maybe people don't see? Well, we have progressed from the uh, first season into the second season with multi-camera, and so we need to be doing video switching. Uh, we also need to kind of coordinate some of the images that go up on screen for our sponsors, or uh, you know, we do an opening and a closing graphic, and there's also an, just a number of just networking and uh, event promotion production things that need to be done as well. Awesome, so how many people are there in the Village Idiots crew on a weekly basis? Well, the, the Village Idiots are myself and Riley. Uh, but we have a team as well that helps make things run smooth, a very integral part of the team. Uh, so Mike Osakoya, Visual Soul Studios, Joey Semph, J Semph Photography, uh, and recently departed Morgan Coates, who left us Departed here. to Toronto. Departed to <laughs> yeah. Toronto. Yeah, he's got to clarify. You know what? He's Still dead to alive. me. So, <laughs> no, uh, you know, he was invaluable to us at the time, but he's on to bigger and better things. And we're really proud of him, and we wish him the best. And I know that, you know, whenever we've got questions or concerns or just need someone to vent to, he's always so that's happy to listen and give his input and yeah I look forward to doing more with him in the future I know that it will happen does Morgan have a replacement as of now we do have a company coming in to do sound for us it's Arcade Studios they're stationed out in Niverville they have a, just a beautiful facility and it's uh, just a family run company that's so great to work with uh, their sound engineer is Evan St. Cyr uh, but Jan and Jerry are the owners of the company so we'll get to the progression of the show, but I want to know where did it start? Uh, well, that uh, you know, long journey really. We had been Riley and I had been listening to a lot of these bands for 15 years, and we'd go to venues around town, such as Cavern and Times Change, and we'd look around and there'd be literally like 20, 50 people max, and we'd be blown away by the music, and we'd look at each other and say, "I can't believe there aren't more people here." And we knew that if people knew about what was happening and they had heard these bands before, that they would be there. And so we had always chatted about different options like developing a venue. We, that was actually the first dream was we wanted to have our own venue where we would do things a little different against the grain. And uh, we developed the music scene that way. And What are some of those things actually? <clears throat> like some of those things that you would do differently if you had a venue? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that I think are wrong with the, the current booking method and and the, the way that bands go about getting shows. I think uh, we're kind of stuck on this old LA venue method where uh, you pay a venue to play and you hope to recoup through ticket sales where the venue just kind of sits back and collects these dollars off alcohol sales that aren't shared with the band. Uh, 
you know, there's pros and cons to it, and I'm not taking anything away from the venues. They're obviously have invested a lot of money and are doing a lot they can to make sure that these venues are available for bands. But um, you know, starving artists aren't going to be able to go in and pay 325 bucks to rent your room. Uh, you know, to maybe half fill it and barely recoup their costs in the time it's taken them to develop as musicians and to put this show on, whereas venues just collect the gravy of the alcohol sales. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying they should share the alcohol sales, but perhaps that the cost of the room should be factored into the total production of the night. And I think that uh, also how venues are going about booking bands, you know, they're, they're given a band the venue for the night for that fee and then it's on that band to find two other bands and you know bands aren't business people generally they didn't get really good at playing music by locking themselves or they got really good at music by locking themselves in a room and learning how to do something amazing they didn't do that by taking business courses and networking and building a portfolio in that regard and so i think that the two um, realms need to work better together and that's something that we had always talked about doing with the venue. But uh, we realized that from the venue end, that's not always feasible either. Again, they're doing a lot. They're out on a limb. They might be losing money on nights too. So when we are considering how we might do things differently, uh, all of a sudden the digital age had evolved a bit and we ended up at Facebook Live. And I think the very first time Riley ever saw somebody play music on Facebook Live, he was like, holy shit and he's like wait can i swear yeah yeah All we're right, swearing good. podcast okay sweet so he was like holy shit motherfucker i can't believe <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe that this is that easy to just put some stuff out there and so he actually recorded himself and put some of his own stuff up there and he was blown away with how many views it got and how what kind of response it got and um you know then through just general conversation between the two of us and with some of our our good friends who are a lot of the bands that played the first number of shows of our first season we had kind of groomed this process down where we would uh, profile bands in our living room on Facebook Live and let people tune in and comment. And it's hilarious to look back now, but that first episode, we I was pumped on the idea of having double digit viewers. Double digit, 10 people. I wanted 10 people at any given time watching. And we exceeded that. We blew that out of the water. It was amazing. What and, are your some of your biggest, like, Number-wise? Uh, I think Red Moon Road is our biggest. I think that's around 30,000 views. Wow. Uh, I think our that's smallest... That's double digits, but in the thousands. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's, well, I mean, that's like quad, uh, quintuple digits. I don't know how the right <laughs> word is. Is that the right word? I don't even know. I'm poor with English. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that was our biggest, but Attica Riots was really big as well. Um, we had The Middle Coast was a really big show for us. We didn't. We haven't really had any little shows. You know, even right back to season one, episode one, it, it exceeded our expectations for where we were at at the time. Which and is I, how many views? Um, you know, we had started off as an event and the video was done through the event. And when right. we switched over mm -hmm. to a page, we lost that original post. But it was something like 900 live views. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it, it was good uh, for where we were at the time. We were very happy. It energized us to keep going. At that time, we had talked about doing every other week. And uh, by the time we got to the second week, the, that gap week, we were like, nah, we've got to go every week. This is just too good, it's, you know, too fun, too engaging. And, and the response was great right from the start. We had a lot of people behind us. And, you know, I, I think when you do something that's relatively pure and selfless and, and just to see what can come of it, I think people respond a little bit better to that than they do 
shameless self-promotion. And, and so that's a kind of a leg up we've had versus a lot of other businesses is it's so easy to promote somebody else and get other people excited about somebody else. And, you know, just like the band didn't get good at networking by locking themselves in a room, they didn't get good at figuring out ways to promote themselves either. You know, that's just not their forte. That's not something they even want to do generally. And so, you know, there was multiple gaps that we identified that we were able to kind of slide in and, and help with. So it being on Facebook that you, you were talking earlier about the business model of, of renting out a venue and trying to recoup costs. Are there any costs associated with putting it on Facebook Live for everyone to watch at home? Yeah, sure. I mean, certainly there's the cost of the equipment that we're using. There's the cost of people's time. You know, people, you know, there's only so many hours in a day and people have to work to live and you're asking people to do things, whether it's the bands or the staff or, or listeners to tune in on their own time and to, to give to this process. I mean, that, that costs. And, uh, you know, the big, the big one is the bands. These bands don't play for free, but given the exposure trade-off that we've offered, we've managed to work out a mutually beneficial deal there. But uh, yes, the, there are costs. Uh, a lot less than a venue cost, but we still pay electricity. You know, we still put beer in the fridge. Uh, now we've been fortunate enough to get some assistance with that through a local company, mm. Torque. And What's so, it called again? It's Torque. Pork beer. Pork beer. Best beer in town. Best beer in the world. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm enjoying a red line or red IPA right now. Yeah, a red IPA. The, the red, red line. line. Yeah, red the red IP? line's pretty red damn IP? good, yeah. you know. Cheers me. Actually, right. my Cheers favorite my. ones. Cheers. Cheers. Can you hear that? Cheers. We've there? been we've been looking for a sponsor for some time now, you know, but yeah, no, it's fantastic. Can you touch on sponsors and how yeah. they came about? Sure. I mean, just a lot of uh, cold calling and reaching out to people that we thought was relevant. You know, we don't want to necessarily just take money from anyone to plug a product that we don't necessarily believe in, but something like a local beer company or a local clothing company or a local picks and sticks company or, you know, local venues. We, uh, all of our sponsors are relevant. I think we pride ourselves on that as well. You know, we, we want to support the community and it's not just meaning providing uh, exposure for musicians, but it's really tying in in every aspect of the community as best we can. So now you're finished season two, you guys are in the process of planning season three? We are definitely um, in, in the process. We're a little early in the process. Leak, leak a band. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh... <laughs> <laughs> or at least the details, anything. Yeah, like anything. Well, we've got, I've got a short list of artists that I would love to see on the show. We've got our general schedule determined. It is gonna remain Wednesdays, we believe, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, we'll start the first Wednesday of November, probably go through the last Wednesday of April. Um, don't anticipate taking any break weeks through there. So that leaves us about 24, 25 weeks for the show. Holy so smokes. we're going to start planning that again. The first season was 24, second season was 25. Um, you have to ask Riley's numbers. I'm not a numbers guy. But, uh, <laughs> you know. I thought you were Riley. Oh, wait. No, no, I'm Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, so we've got the planning process. We've got the, the meat and potatoes of what we're going to do. Uh, Production-wise, we may or may not make too many changes, but we do have the change with Arcade Studios coming in. Uh, we're going to set things up in the room a little differently. We're hoping to have a new mural, like we've gone from season one to season two, and now going into season three. Uh, got a couple ideas with that, and, and uh, certainly our goal would be to have Sid Bellinger continue to do the murals, because 
He's a wonderful guy. He's devoted a lot of time to the community as well. Uh, anyone who's been in a room with the guy knows that he's very passionate about it. And he's a busy guy and, and in a good way. Awesome. Can you touch on... I don't want to. I don't want you to have to single out a favorite. But do you have a short single list of out. favorites? Single it out. Uh, <laughs> she uh, wants for next season. No. no what's no, your favorite oh, for if, the, the first two seasons? For the first. seasons that have already passed. Yeah. Well, I mean, my favorite one is no longer up. Uh, we had to pull the video down, um, but we Ooh. will get them back on. Uh, we had bright righteous on. And, and why did you have to pull it? There were some some issues with the stream and the the audio feed, and uh, it just didn't represent a product that anyone felt was um, representative of either the Village Idiots or Bright Righteous. And so uh, we we're gonna do it again at some point, and it's gonna be bigger and better than ever. And I know those guys are stoked about it, and so are we. Um, but the in terms of the currently living videos, uh, <laughs> Attica Riots is probably my favorite one. And they're wonderful guys. They put on a great show. Uh, in my opinion, they're a band that has what it takes to be at the next level. Both Bright Righteous and Attica Riots are world-class bands that just happen to be in Winnipeg. Did you? You went to their recent show. I had to miss it. I was at a wedding. You, oh, my You know, gosh. hey, but, you know, Ryan Thompson and Marley Diamond tied the knot, and it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I... It was a great ceremony. I was, it was awful. I had free drinks and free food in an incredible ceremony. It was the most dreadful wow. night ever. What was the wedding yeah. dinner? It was, like, was uh, like the food? Yeah. It was a phyllo pastry with veggies and a tomato sauce. It was actually amazing. It was so good. It was that Breezy Bend. I'd go back. Oh, nice. Yeah, sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, but I mean, not I as fantastic like as Bright Righteous and Attic Riots, but you know, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, better they're than good friends food. and I see them a yeah. lot and, and I'm going to continue to see them and I wish the best for both of those bands. I know, I, I really truly believe both those bands have what it takes to be on the world level. They're, like, that was a tight show. Like... Tight. I heard it was warm. Oh, it was hot. Yeah. The air conditioning went out. Oh, for but sure. That's Everybody. the best show. That's every show I ever want to be at is everyone around me is equally sweaty as I am just <laughs> digging what's happening. Like that's, that's amazing. That's the contrast to the 20 people in the venue looking around saying, how are there not more people here? Well, not every band is these two bands. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So you guys have branched out from just recording in this room. Now you guys have done the after shows. You guys are putting on events. How do you find the community from that first episode, from when you guys had the idea to now? What is the community like? Is it tighter? Yeah, I, I don't know if we've necessarily made the community any tighter, but we've welcomed people to participate in the community in a way that they weren't able to do in the past. You weren't able to listen to a band and share your comments while being at the comfort of your own home or on the toilet or on the bus or wherever you wanted to be. And, and then just seeing the, the mass amount of people who share your same opinion you know, when there's only 20 people in a room, it's kind of hard to really feel like you're sharing in a community rather than just seeing a band, having a couple beers and going home and maybe looking into this band again some other time. Now you can look up the show anytime you want. You can always contribute new messages. And there's, a, you know, it's a lot more engaging than, than, than the history of, of venue shows have been. Yeah. And you guys have already started planning the next season. So you guys are ahead. You guys are thinking ahead. Have you guys thought even two, three years down the line with the Village Idiots, what you guys want that to look like? Oh, yeah. We're going to take over the world. Yeah. No. Uh, we, starting with Osborne Village. <laughs> so starting with Osborne Village, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you know, we, don't, we try not to look too far ahead. You know, our, we're happy to be doing what we're doing. And certainly we've got goals and we, we want to see this grow and we want to make this sustainable long term. 
and I, and I believe that it, you know in order for this to be sustainable long term everybody needs to be gaining from it and so we don't plan on changing the model too much we don't want to charge the bands we don't want to charge the fans we believe that that there are businesses that would gain to be associated with and we hope to generate revenue that way uh, but you know we're always open to ideas but uh, yeah we're you know I, I think we're pretty pretty good with the show as it is now in developing the company in other ways you know, the Live at the Roslyn is one aspect of the company, but we do a lot of uh, event promotion, MC work. We do a lot of stage production stuff. And so we're just trying to get our hands into as much as we can and, and help as best as we can. And, and hopefully with helping comes a value. And uh, even with our sponsors being the ones that pay us, uh, our goal isn't to take money out of their pocket. It's to provide a service that returns to them so that it's a no-brainer that they are on board supporting us through this project. And so we just want to continue doing that. The more we can do to help everybody that helps us. You know, I'm only going to be as healthy and happy as everyone around me. So I might as well make sure everyone around me is happy and healthy. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I, uh, I forgot, sorry. Okay, well, I've got a question that's been on my mind for a little while. Okay, good. I've tried to rock the mustache for a little while. What was your personal choice to go with it? Like to finally go so you've got a nice mustache going right now. You know, I just didn't shave in winter for like a two-week period, and Dave Gagnon was like, you can grow that thing pretty full. And always growing up, I was always so patchy, and I was never never thought I could grow a mustache. And then so I'd take a good look in the mirror, and I was like, you know what, it does come in pretty decent. And right around that time, it was Festival de Voyager coming up. So I had about four weeks beyond that little growth period for Festival. And so he's like, you should just leave it and see what happens. And I was like, you know what, I'll leave it till Festival. When festival happened and I let it go another two weeks and then uh, then I shaved it off and it was the biggest mistake in my life. <laughs> and so uh, I've grown it back out now and uh, I think it's going to stick around for a while. I, I, you know, it really adds another dimension to my face. I don't look so weird. Now I just look like I come from the 70s. <laughs> you looked really weird before. <laughs> I do remember my question. So you have tattoos. Uh, it's a really silly question. You have tattoos. What? At what point are you? Is the village idiots mean enough, or like live at the Roslyn mean enough to you that you would get a tattoo of it? You know, I've already thought about and and have had conversations with tattoo artists about getting the village idiots logo on myself. Uh, we actually uh, were trying to sort out a way when we did Osborne Village Canada Day that we could get a tattooed. Uh, parlor on board to offer free Village Idiots tattoos to any fans Whoa, who wanted it and I would have started sick. but there's some hygienic concerns and some other logistic stuff that d didn't yeah. really work out but uh, all of my tattoos are done by my old uh, university roommate Arthur Ostrowski who's out of London Ontario now um, and I don't anticipate I'm going to get a tattoo from anybody but him in any near future so the next time I see him that uh, it might realistically be so if you had the free ones on Osborne, you wouldn't have got one. I, I would have, if we were able to arrange it for that, I would have done it. Oh, you wouldn't. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm not, I'm not going to go ahead and book an appointment with somebody other than Art. He's given me a lot of his, uh, his creative attention. Uh, he's covered my body. Uh, a good 30% of my body is covered in tattoo and it's all his work. And I kind of feel like that would be somebody else drawing on your canvas. If I Ooh. went to say that. Ooh, that's true. So when he comes back next... 
are you just waiting every time he comes back? Kate, hit me up. Yeah, well, I go, I go visit him. I usually see him about four times a year. That's why I've got so many. <laughs> but um, <laughs> whoops, that happened again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it just it's it's kind of addictive. The first one you get, you're just like, oh, that's cool, and then you start thinking of different ideas, and then eventually you just start saying, I like this image. Let's get that done. And then you say, how about something like this? You let your mind do whatever you want to do and throw <laughs> it on me. And uh, but when you find the right guy, I mean, personality-wise, we've been good friends for a very long time. And, uh, you know, when you get somebody that's that creative and that knows you that well, you just trust that the stuff they are going to do is going to be awesome. And I've loved every piece that he's ever given me. I don't have one single piece that I would change even a bit of. Awesome. Nope, you. Just based on that, like the loyalty that you have to that particular person, are there like loyalty relationships that you're building with like bands? Like, is this a thing that you are... Well, certainly I have my, my bands that I enjoy listening to the most uh, and, and bands that I believe are willing to work as hard as it takes to accomplish what they say they want to do. And, and so certainly when we've got opportunities for bands, we've got a short list of bands we know can pull it off. But we really do try to spread it around. We want to give a mouthpiece to those new bands, to the bands that are a little lesser known. When we hear a band that's brand new, they may not be the best at this point. You may not have been ready for the, the show you played. But if there's potential there for you to continue to grow, you need the opportunity. And we can't just continue to give gigs to the same bands over and over because they're ready. We want to see other bands develop and we want to see the community grow that way. So, you know, as much as I've got my musical preferences, you know, we certainly look to put as many people into the spotlight as possible. So you're making a festival, the Village Idiots Festival, not sponsored by nobody, not part of nothing. Just the Village Idiots Festival, and I need four headlining bands. Four headlining for bands. For the Village, the Live at the Roslyn <laughs> Village Idiots Okay, show. Uh, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, you mean local? Yeah. How local are we talking? Like, are we talking within Canada, within Winnipeg, We're within Osborne? Manitoba. Yeah, Manitoba. In Manitoba? Yeah. We uh, want two that have been on the show already and two that have not. Okay, ooh, well, nice. you're making you. it real, real tough on me here. Well, Attica Riots and Bright Righteous, they, they, they are world-class bands. Uh, bands that have not been on the show. Yeah. Wow, you're really putting me on the spot here. Can you cut this a little bit so that we can like line it up so after my thinking <laughs> yeah. process here, I can yeah, give you a little bit better insight? Yeah. Uh, let me pull up my short list and review. <laughs> I don't, don't want to miss a he's, real good He's one. actually pulling out a short list. It's a very small list. It's a very, very small, very small he list. He keeps yeah. it inside his uh, hat. Yeah. In yeah. his mustache, that's what it's yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. It's like my short list in my mustache. <laughs> um, you know, a band that I've been really excited about lately, I've reached out to do a couple of gigs with, but they've been uh, unavailable for the dates that we've offered. But I'm really excited about what they do. I really love their music, and every time I see them live, they surprise me more and more with how much they're growing. Is Ivory Waves. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I really yeah. like yeah. these guys. We had Brett on the show. Yeah. yeah and uh, Jared loves them. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. The, the, you wrote oh. an Ivory Waves article for me. I did. At the I did. I did. That was my way of like fan, fangirling out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're unreal. I, I mean, yeah, like I said, every single time I see them, I become more and more of a fan. I, I listen to their songs on repeat through Apple Music, and I, I can't get enough. They are really great. Um, I, you know, I, I think that uh, it would be really cool. It's a different genre than we've ever really done it's a different type of 
performer than we've ever had on, but Fozio would be nuts. Ooh. Wow. Like, she's incredibly entertaining. She did the RWB Bar After Hours last year. She did Festival. She, every single time you see her, it's just a bigger and better production and she's more confident and her voice gets better and better and the songwriting's getting better and better. And yeah, that's, uh, she's someone I would definitely love to have on a bill. But again, you know, genre wise, that might not be the best fit for those four to all play together, but sometimes that's nice. Sometimes it's good to throw a show where you've got three completely different genres and expect a little bit of turnover of the people in the venue throughout the night and you know really do you want a 400 capacity person a show to have the same 400 people in there or do you want 200 people to come in the start 200 people to come in the middle and 200 people to come towards the end you know so certainly something to consider in terms of booking shows yeah so going back to ivory waves a little bit do you ever go to shows you or you and riley and you guys see a band and say we want to approach you about doing something. I talk to every single band that excites me when their set is done. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, actually the first time I ever met Kenzie Jane. We were at uh, the Goodwill for a show. I can't even remember who the headliner was because she stole my heart with how amazing it was. Um, and but she did this mouth trumpet that just blew me away. <laughs> and as soon as her set finished, I went up to her and I said, that was incredible. I'd love to film that in a sunroom session kind of told her all about what it was and in the end a couple of days later she came and we did a sunroom session with her that's really and cool. the sunroom sessions uh what did they stem from like how did that idea uh, you know we had so many bands we had like 200 bands reach out to be on the show between the first and second season and we're not able to accommodate all of them we only have 24 slots and you know we we want some new bands to have the mouthpiece but we want some more established bands to help our brand grow and, and it's difficult sometimes to have a, a single performer take up an hour of time, you know, content-wise, uh, narrative-wise, commentary-wise. It's difficult to fit that in. And so we wanted to provide an opportunity for those situations to still get their mouthpiece. And so that's where the sunroom sessions stem from. And we film it just right here in our own sunroom. Hmm. I want to talk about uh, partnerships. So you have a partnership with Riley. So how is that all oh, the time? Oh, he's terrible to work with. That guy's a loser. But <laughs> honestly, like, well, no, I guess we've never fought. I'm like, you've always got to fight with the partnership. Yeah. You've always got to fight. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, as much as Riley's my best friend, he's a coach and he's a mentor to me. He was actually one of my first bosses. He, I, he's got a wealth of knowledge and he's an incredible business person and he's so self-aware and he knows how to use that too. Like, he plays up the idiot role unintentionally just just his personality and, and I think it's endearing <laughs> and it's it's great but he's so smart and he's just he's motivated and he's dialed into what he's doing and it's so easy to work with him and whenever there's a disagreement he's just a, a rational and logical person and he clearly communicates the objectives and the deliverables we hope to get from that and we move past it and you know his that level-headedness and that that insight that wisdom of his really makes this very easy what is the biggest argument the two of you have had about Live at the Roslyn? Um, sponsorships. You know, it, it's difficult sometimes when, when it's something that's very time consuming and you're trying to do something that's community driven, but at the end of the day, you, you do have bills to pay and you want to make the right calls and you want, you want to progress your product in the right way um, and, and you want to ensure that it's longevity is there you want you want this to be a product that lasts and, and it's really no benefit to anyone in the community if this fizzles out 
you know, the mouthpiece that's being provided, uh, it needs to be sustainable. And the more sustainable it is, the more people, the more businesses, the more the community is going to benefit from it. Uh, but sometimes that can take us in different directions creatively. So when you're talking about sponsorships and, and differing opinions, or do you mean, you know, looking at something that might be good now versus something that might be more sustainable down the road and yeah. trying to balance that? Yeah, we, we certainly look at the, the short versus long-term gain and you definitely need the short-term gain. You, you know, you need to prop yourself up as best you can. Uh, but again, we want it to be sustained. And, and, and a lot of times what's good in the short term is not necessarily good in the long term. Um, but we are trying to foster relationships with other parties that will be long term. And, and right from, question, from day one, from meeting one, it's, you know, this is where we hope to go with this relationship. And, and at any point, if that's not the case, just be open, be transparent and, and work through any of the concerns together. And if it's just not the right fit, it's not the right fit. And, and that's okay. Not everything is perfect for everything. Any questions? <laughs> Do you have any times when perhaps you think that a relationship should end and Riley doesn't? Or vice versa? Uh, that's, I guess, what the fight was. Like, the biggest argument you've had. Is well, that, it's, it's not wrong. necessarily about relationships ending i don't i don't necessarily believe that that uh, we've fought about disconnecting from anything but sometimes it's about engaging things whether or not it's the right step to engage and i'm, I'm not sure that uh, you know you always have the best foresight on these kinds of things uh, again we're both trying to do the best thing we can for the company um, but you get caught up in emotion sometimes and, and the short versus the long term and uh, yeah, it's more at the commencement of things rather than the sustainability of things. I think we're both pretty on the same wavelength in terms of what is required to be sustainable. So there aren't too many disagreements and that kind of stuff. Nice. Sustainable financially? Not, not necessarily financially, but certainly I mean, if, we, if we're not bringing in an income that's going to support and sustain the business, then how long can this really be sustained? But it's also about sustaining of relationships and helping really the ultimate goal is to build the community in a way that the community needs to be built. And we've got opinions on the way that has to happen and that might not be everybody's opinion in the community, but... So what is your opinion? Well, I, again, I believe I'm, I, it's in my best interest if everyone around me is healthy and happy. And I believe in, in positivity and inclusion and I think that uh, we don't need to... We don't need to fight fire with fire sometimes. I think sometimes people are are outraged by things and I think sometimes people uh, voice their opinions in, in maybe a very short-sighted manner and I don't think that that really fosters a, a, a growth. I don't think we often gain in a societal standpoint from negativity and, and blasting people and, uh, and really exploiting the disagreements or philosophies or I, I think that you know, so you, you put somebody on blast for something and you hope to accomplish something from that. You're hoping to raise awareness for the wrongdoing and you're hoping that out of that, that opinion is gone. But what you don't realize is that when somebody says something hateful or intolerant, uh, you saying something back hateful and intolerant isn't going to change their mind. In, in the history of society, no one has ever said, 
oh shit, you were right, I was wrong, I've now changed my mind. You know, people get defensive and, uh, and, and it never results in an agreement. That was wonderfully said. That was a great... Yeah. Now, I understand that you've got an open mic night to go to very shortly, so we won't keep you for much longer. I've had a question probably since the first time I saw Live at the Roslyn, and it is, how awesome are your neighbors? Uh, like, up and down. Like, <laughs> like, they've got to be the coolest people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're very supportive. Uh, we've welcomed a number of them in to come and see the show, and uh, we hope they continue to be supportive. And really, though, it is Wednesday, 8 to 9 p.m., you know, hopefully no one's trying to sleep at that time. Uh, we do everything we can to have the volume appropriate for the room. Uh, you know, we, we do have a lot of production equipment and it's all going into a place where we can mix that. So it doesn't have to be loud. It needs to be level. Hmm. And then so when, when we do a show, the shows aren't necessarily that loud. There are some, you know, we've got some noise compliments and we've had to deal with that (laughs) but you know we've come through that and we've grown as a a business and and we've taken responsibility in a little different ways so we we aren't having after parties like we used to when the shows are done we're you know finishing up packing up and going to a post show event is that mostly for the respecting the neighbors or is that like another yeah yeah a big part of it is respecting the neighbors you know even when you know there were times where we were doing like the party rock wednesdays at the cavern so it was the the live of the rosalind after party Uh, you know a big part of that was let's move out of here let's go somewhere where people can be a little more free to do the things they want to do to make the noise that they want to make to you know, drink a little bit more. We don't, you know, necessarily want the the liability of that as well. You know, we are offering some some um, perks by being in the room, and and certainly sometimes that uh, can be exhausted or exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> so, working behind the scenes, do you find having an audience getting them to you know remain respectful while they're performing? Try not to be too loud, try not to talk. Do you find yourself having to say that or is everyone really kind of on board with the same kind of, let's focus on this? Yeah, I I don't think there's a whole lot of, well, no, we certainly have had disagreements about how loud the room should be, (laughs) uh, about uh, how the sound check should be done, about, there's always disagreements, you know, but but again, when you're working with somebody like Riley and also Joey and Mike and Morgan, and they're, they're great to work with. They're people who listen first and then speak. And uh, all of their opinions are for the betterment of this project and for the community. And, uh, and you know, again, it goes back to the philosophy of just being positive and celebrating the positives and the beauty and not focusing or, or dwelling on the negatives, not providing a, not giving publicity to the negative, to really we're, we're going to focus on what's great and we're going to raise awareness for the things that are awesome. And all of the great things we talk about fill people's heads with wonderful things instead of negative things. And eventually those negative things will just become irrelevant. Awesome. So you just introduced skits into the beginning. Did that start in the second season? No, we, we did that from the first season. Um, we were doing it in the first season and it took a little bit of break when we were having some production issues. And a lot of our pre-production efforts were spent on um, audio video sync and a few other issues that uh, we really needed to nail before we worried about something like skits 
So then skits kind of took a back seat. But then once we nailed the production, we kind of came back into a few of the skits. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot of times it's thought of during sound check. You say, wouldn't this be funny to do this? And then so we just build it from there. But uh, we've also had some help from some other great people, Travis McLean, Matt Zellick. Uh, we've had some really creative people come in the room and be happy to be a part of things. And uh, yeah, we hope to do more of that. And in fact, in the third season, I hope to do, I hope to have a comedian on. I hope to have a spoken word mm. person come and open the show. How about somebody doing juggling or magic or exposing all sorts of different kind of art? You know, it, it doesn't have to be all about music, but music, it really seems to be the hub of, of most forms of art. Um, you know, painters plug in their earphones and listen to something that puts them in the tempo of what they want to be in, you know, and, and jugglers are going to develop a rhythm and, you know, it seems to be all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So just quickly, uh, how, uh, how does a Wednesday start for you? Start like with waking up on a Wednesday to uh, post. Well, I have yeah, I have a day job, so my Wednesday starts with waking up at about eight a.m., getting ready for the day job, going to the day job. What is the day job? Uh, I work for a local insurance company, a not-for-profit insurance company, Blue Cross, and uh, yeah, it's a great company actually, really great company. And uh, then when that day is finished, I race home to Riley. Already have started load in with the bands, and Morgan and Vardy started to set up the sound stuff. And then we turn on the video gear as well, sync everything together, make sure the band's set up appropriately, and then we do test runs to a private Facebook site that only we can see, so the bands can see how they sound over Facebook, both just through the standard phone um, sound, like the microphone or speaker in the phone and headphones as well. They can decide if the levels are right, if they need something changed, they can decide if, we can decide if the camera angles are right, if the lighting's right, and then we kind of tune things up and then with about half an hour till the show starts is when the fans start to roll in and it's not a lot of fans it's a small production we've got 15 people in the room really including you yeah exactly and the band um outside of like 20 people including the band right yeah and um, everyone squeezes in as best they can and uh, stays quiet that's the most important part won't steal the thunder from the band until the song's done. Uh, but then I like to actually outburst and uh, try to disrupt Riley while he's doing his commentary. <laughs> and he, really, he tells me every single week, he's like, you know, when you talk between songs, it really throws me off getting myself. And I was like, that's why I do it, man. <laughs> yeah, it's practice. Yeah. They shouldn't have said anything. Yeah, exactly. Now it's I know working. I'm in his head. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, let me talk then. Yeah. Oh, no, you don't want that yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so how does it wrap up? Is it... Music's done, now it's nine o'clock, trying to get everyone out quietly. Yeah, music's done. Actually, the first thing we do when the music's done is we do a group photo. The band, the staff, and all of the fans, everybody in. And uh, we invite people to have, to finish up their beer, have another beer while the band's packing up some stuff. And then we move on to a post-production party, uh, you know, whether that be a local venue or another event or everyone go their separate ways. but. Um, yeah, we, we try not to stick around too long and, you know, in respect for the neighbors, but also in respect for the mess that it makes, you know, we don't yeah. want to, we don't want a beer spilt on the equipment when people are getting a little rowdy, anything like that either. Yeah, true. Do you guys spend a bit of Thursday cleaning up or is it all just wrapped up by Wednesday? Well, Riley spends no time cleaning up. Called <laughs> <laughs> out. That's evidenced if you ever see his bedroom. I don't think he's ever cleaned that thing. 
But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We all we all take a part in in cleaning up as we go. You know, uh, cords often stay. Uh, you know, the cords stay in the same spot for next week, so we don't often do a lot with that. The the living room is quite um, not really a hangout place during the season. And if we do want to hang out here, we cover and move equipment, and we're we're kind of doing a lot of prep work just to make it accessible. And so, um, it's not quite the hangout it used to be when we first moved into a place. Awesome. Well, we won't keep you too much longer because uh, open mic nights already started. That's right. Sonics on Confusion Corner. Sonics. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. What yeah. do you eat on, on Tuesdays when on you go? On Tuesdays. My favorite thing there are the french fries. Those are delicious. Just fries. Well, I'm going to get a grilled cheese today. I'm really hankering for a grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia wants to know because she's going and she wants, yeah, she wants something want delicious. Grilled cheese and fries. Give grilled it a cheese. go. Okay, two quick questions. Kind of related. So this is what we do. One okay. is, well, yeah. wrapping it up. He wraps it up and then I'll be like, I got another yeah. one. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, I like it. Um, who is like... Uh, the most like famous Winnipeg famous let's say person that's recognized you that you don't know be like oh you're a village idiot and you're like oh how do you nobody know? actually nobody nobody that's you know one of the perks to me being more behind the scenes every now and then when I'm with Riley someone will recognize Riley and then be like oh yeah and you're you're in that too right and I'm just like yep yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to ask Riley that, but yeah, for me actually, I kind of like the little bit more behind the scene for that. You know, I'm to, as much as I like to talk, I like to talk to people that I know. Uh, you know, I like to meet new people, but I I, I still kind of like to keep some of my thoughts in my own head, and, and I, I kind of value silence in some cases. I don't feel like I need to go up and chat at everybody. You know, they don't need to know who I am; they just need to know what the movement is. Right. That's cool. What is the most famous? I'm putting these in quotes because I she's don't know. she's yeah, literally she's doing, doing quotation yeah. marks, yeah. <laughs> finger quotes. <laughs> we uh, so many podcasts we've done that where yeah. we'd have to say finger quotes. Everyone finger quotes. Finger Lots you of can't see it, and you can't see it. It so adds the effect. I like how even okay. Jared even did the finger quotes when he said finger quotes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can't see <laughs> finger quotes that. without doing. You did it too. I just did it too. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hot take. You can't take, say finger quotes without making finger quotes. It's impossible. Try it. Okay, that's my so. next Facebook status. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what is the most famous, in quotation marks of the finger, that band that is, like, attainable? Like, they're just out of reach, but you think you can get them. I would love to get Royal Canoe on. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> if it's, if, you know, like, they are past, I mean, reach-wise. They, they could put a show on at a venue and get the kind of viewership that we get. Really, they could. Um, they're incredible, um, and we're just lucky that Bright Righteous and Attica Riots are our friends. They they become attainable <laughs> <Yeah>. that way. <laughs> so, have but, you ever made a friendship based on wanting them on the show? Yeah, like half <laughs> the bands that have played. You, you know? tried to be friends with them so that no, they no, I only have met them and very clear that I'm a fan. Yeah, and right. that I would love to to uh, you know bring them into this and 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 give them the mouthpiece and do anything I could to help them succeed because I believed in them. Uh, the guys in the trouble, Mark and Colin and Pat, and you know, I really didn't know them before we started doing what we were doing. We reached out to them to, to offer them a spot on the show. It didn't work out timing-wise, but then they were doing their 24 shows in 24 hours. Right, yeah. And uh, so we were on board with that. And, uh, and, and then it's just kind of grown from there. And you know, then they came in on eventually played the show and it was a great show. And, and that is one of my favorite ones as well. And, and those are some of my favorite guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm happy to call Mark and Pat and Colin and, and all of them friends. So you won't call up somebody 
You won't accidentally bump into someone at their local grocery store and be like, oh, I hey. can't promise anything. You know, if I saw, if I saw Fozia at a grocery store, I might just be like, oh, could you hand me that apple there? That one looks good. And then, oh, geez, thanks. And then spark up a conversation. I'm, I don't know. I've never, oh, I've never done that before. So I would be really awkward. Yeah. Probably, I'd probably scare her away. And yeah, but, um, but no, I, I could see myself doing something funny like that just to, to, to gain a conversation, but I'd probably be a lot more blunt to be like, hey, you're so-and-so, right? Love what you're doing. I do this. We'd love to have something involved. And you have your business cards are guitar picks. picks. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. which is so fitting. cool. Can you yeah. fit all of your info on there? Uh, most of it. it <laughs> what info name, needs to be on name, there? Name, so. phone number, websites, uh, the socials. So Facebook, yeah. YouTube, oh, Instagram yeah, are all on there. Ego Picks has their logo on there too because they're wonderful. That uh, people that have stepped up to to help us develop this product. Is it a normal size pick? That's a lot of information. No, it's a really large pick. It's like the size of uh, like a football. <laughs> no, it's a normal, normal pick. It's like a only one yeah. at a time. Yeah. You can only yeah. carry one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you pull it up. Well, my name's Kevin. Yeah, exactly. It's like I've been an so iPad happy around. since because I've had to run back and forth to get a new one after oh. I talked to anyone. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Yes, thank now you. Now we'll let you guys me. go. Yeah, I'm really happy to be a part coaches. of it. Really love what you guys are doing as well, and I hope this continues to thrive for you guys. And you guys got really something cool going on here. Hey, thank you. You, you do guys, too. Yeah, you do too. No, you guys <laughs> are good going on. Okay, can you help us? Yes, uh, we do an outro. Uh, it's very awkward and it's very ad lib. Oh, perfect at awkward. Uh, Actually, so can you just do the outro for us? Because I feel like Riley does your intros and outros. Can oh, you just yeah, do yeah. an outro for us? An outro, yeah, sure. Is there any content you want me to hit here? No. Uh, can... Yeah, whatever you want, actually. Yeah, and you can swear. I can, I can swear? You can like, do whatever yeah, you I want. I swear to God, you should tune into every episode of Paper Haircut Podcast <laughs> <laughs> because it is a fantastic show. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was pretty awkward. But, you uh, have to say bye to the fans. Oh, I have to say yeah. goodbye to yeah, everybody. That's your outro. The, the, the yeah, that's Sign off the outro yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, um, what did Riley do? Okay, uh, goodbye everybody in Facebook land. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Wow, that was such a great episode. If you want more great episodes, you should visit papercutwinnipeg.com. They're all great, we promise. Here's a clip from our interview next week with Jeremy Haywood. I don't think, I think it's kind of whatever anyone wants from it you know right. it's like if they want to take that extra step and like really because like even during shows they can barely hear the lyrics and i'm a very quiet singer and i think i'm subconsciously that way because i don't want people to fully hear the lyrics and i'm like do i want the world to know but they already kind of know <laughs>